This is Raptors Game Night on TSN 1050. The Raptors live here. To Van Vliet, far side left wing to Valanciunas. Great pass to a cutting Lowry, lay it in and a foul. And JV puts his index finger and his middle finger up like, yeah, there's the two to my guy. They really enjoy setting one another up for buckets. Paul Jones on the call. Jonas Valanciunas and Kyle Lowry, two longtime Toronto Raptors, had themselves a night. And the Raptors, I mean, it took a while. The game was kind of slow moving, the pace and just... The way the game was extended with the Atlanta Hawks calling timeouts down 15 points late was kind of embarrassing, but the result wasn't for the Toronto Raptors. They beat the Hawks 124-108 is the final as they improved to a league-best 15-4 on this early NBA season. Welcome inside our Raptors control. Gareth Wheeler alongside Dwayne Watson and Josh Loomberg. You can get at us at WheelerTSN, at Dwayne Watson, at JLU1050. Kyle Lowry with his 11th triple-double in a Raptors uniform, 21, 12, and 17 assists on the night. I just loved how he was aggressive from the get-go on all facets of the game. That's the Kyle Lowry that's the perennial all-star leader of this Raptors team. Will, come on, just say what you want to say. I mean, he's always aggressive, but you're talking about taking those shots, being offensively driven, and looking for his own shot, right? Yeah, absolutely. Tonight, I mean, uh, I love when Lowry when he kind of reads the floor and doesn't defer, that he trusts his jump shot and uses that to facilitate and bring other players in the game instead of the other way around. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's been a facilitator leading the league in assists, but I think what you're saying, what we've talked about on the broadcast is that there's times where his team needs offense and he looks for to set other guys up as opposed to take his own shot. And tonight he was confident taking his own shot, and that's what he needs to do when, when Kawhi's in the lineup or out of the lineup. And they needed him tonight, which sort of seems strange to say against a yes. poor Atlanta Hawks team. But And the other night against Chicago, we sort of made the opposite argument. We're like, okay, well, it's, it's Chicago. They're not a very good team. Lowry started off that game by sort of deferring, getting other guys going. But the Raptors, as we've talked about plenty tonight, have really been struggling with that outside shot. And sure enough, this game starts and the Raptors missed their first four wide open threes, none of which were taken by Kyle Lowry, and that's when Kyle got started. He made back-to-back threes early in the game, really set the tone offensively, and then, of course, there's all those other things that he does. Not only did he score, did he knock down those threes, but you mentioned it, Wheels, 17 assists, which is the most that he's ever recorded in a Raptors uniform, and just one off his career high, so a complete game tonight from Kyle Lowry, and while I'm sure a lot of people are talking about it, and I guess we'll talk about how fitting it was for Vince Carter to yada, 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 get 25K on a dunk against the Raptors, it was also fitting for Kyle Lowry in the same game to contribute in every single statistic, because that's what Kyle Lowry does, and that's what Kyle Lowry is known for as a Raptor. Well, we'll get to Vince Carter later, but I think that it's appropriate to talk about the Raptors and what they did tonight ahead of that gross, really nice accomplishment in a very gross way. That's why when you look at players who have actually made this Raptors team a winning organization, you look at Kyle Lowry. Like With with all due respect to Vince Carter, when it all goes down in Raptors history, Kyle Lowry is on the Mount Rushmore, and Carter is slowly being pushed off, if not 
off it altogether already. Yeah, that's that's very apt because I mean, obviously, you know, we know where Demar's place is, and Kyle's kind of obviously coming up and taking that place. But yeah, the longer it goes on, and the more that Vince kind of withers away into obscurity, as we talked about, like his time is like a it's a forgotten memory. I mean, it was great at the moment and what he did for the team, but he didn't really do anything for the franchise aside from like giving that notoriety. But Kyle Lowry is, you know, doing it. He does it in so many different ways. I mean, scoring, playmaking, you know, defense, leading, drawing charges, all those things. And that's what makes him great. The, the, the only thing that was, that was a little bit, I don't know if disconcerting was, is the right word, but he went onto the ball game late. In the late going, the Raptors were still up 15. Yeah, five minutes left. And the he game. took an elbow to the nose. He needed a bloody nose. You're like, why is he in the ball game? Why was he in the ball game in such a latter stage of this game? It's funny because Nick Nurse has talked a lot about keeping an eye towards the end of the season, the spring, April, May, June, the playoffs, and not necessarily punting games early in the season because I don't think any coach would do that, but certainly prioritizing the end of the season. But Nurse, like every other coach in the league and and Dwayne Casey before him here in Toronto, it's easy to talk about, well, you, you look ahead, you plan ahead, you prioritize, sure, but in the heat of battle, you want to win these games. And the Raptors almost certainly would have won even without Kyle Lowry on the floor to close, but you see the Hawks getting closer, you see them making a run, cutting the lead a little bit, and then you've got Kyle Lowry is like the devil on your left shoulder whispering into your ear saying, come on, coach, put me in. They're coming back. They're coming back. I'll put an end to it. I'll I'll get us back um, into the the groove or whatever. And and, uh, So I I get it. I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it. I tweeted that out right away. There's no reason why you can't let the bench. It's good for the bench, too, to be able to work through something like that. There's no reason for it. I, I don't agree with it, but I get it. I don't even know if I say I get it. I mean, I understand exactly what you're saying, but, you know, we talked about we needed DeLon and Fred to kind of get back into that groove that they've had. The game was up, obviously, but these guys need the minutes to play. And we saw when Fred had that game in Chicago where he had an opportunity to get there and play and get minutes. He succeeded. And I think DeLon and, and Fred, while they did okay tonight, let them take that. Let them yeah. carry the brunt of that. Whether it's even playing good defense, opposed to knocking out three balls, to kind of stem that stem that tide. So yeah. maybe you don't put in that third group. Maybe it doesn't mean Atlanta's making their run. Don't go to Boucher and Jordan Lloyd. Exactly. Nothing against those guys. Right. But let the second unit, the struggling second exactly. unit, close it out rather than going back to your starters. It's always easy in hindsight to say, oh, well, Kyle Lowry just took an elbow. He shouldn't have been out there. Or even what was against uh, Chicago when he, he hurt his ankle. Up like 30. E- easy in those moments to say, well, he shouldn't have been out there after something happens. But, but even still, it's, it's about taking precaution because you want you want to max you want to minimize the odds of something like you that. You know how I feel about the last game 82 of last season when Fred Van Vliet in a meaningless well. <laughs> game. So th- that's just what I harken no, back right. to. But I don't even think it's about hindsight, Josh, because as soon as we see Kyle in the games late situations, we're always like, we're cringing at yeah. him. We, we don't want yeah. anything to happen. And so. we know the way that he plays. Exactly. It's not exactly. like you can have him yeah. there in the fourth quarter of a blowout game the same Coast, way that you yeah. can't do it. Well, head coach Nick Nurse is about to speak. Yep. Let's hear what he has to say after the 124-108 victory. Night of back-to-backs this year. Need to play more of them. Terms of nervous. <laughs> yeah, no, we've done, they, they have. They've done a good job, and we just, you know, we kind of talked about it this afternoon that we were, we're 12 bodies suiting up, and we probably were going to need all 12. And um, we certainly needed 
uh, you know, nine or ten of them. We were yeah. subbing pretty freely and playing some unseen lineups tonight, and uh, everybody did a good job. Kyle, again, I mean, the, the requisite energy that he just pours into the game for your team. I mean, a uh, triple-double tonight, um, always looking for his big men, maybe sometime too unselfishly. Yeah, he's he's. Uh, what did he end up with? 17 assists tonight. So that's um, that's the result of you know obviously him being unselfish and finding those guys. But those guys also doing a good job of finishing those. Right? You got to got to make those baskets for those to be assists. So um, really impressed with the 12 rebounds, 10 defensive. You know, he just he right. He, he brought great energy and shot the ball pretty well as well. And great game. Can't imagine you were thrilled to have to put him back in though late. Uh, Maybe thought maybe not, you'd not overly it. not overly thrilled. I was I was hoping yeah I was hoping I was open to uh, I think maybe we might have been up twenty and I was kind of hoping to get that thing to about five minutes and clear those guys out. He was already out, and then what, you know, he got to fifteen or thirteen or something. So we stuck stuck those guys back in, but we we responded again. Nick, uh, you're a basketball fan. What do you remember about the the Vince Carter era in Toronto? Well, you know, for for me, Jonesy, like coming to Toronto just five years ago, and it was yeah. kind of a, I had no idea the impact it had on Toronto. Right. You know, when you're when you're in the states your whole life, and you had no idea. But man, it's like, uh, you know, for me, when you come there, it's like you bumping into people. Oh, you you know, I love. Uh, I used to watch the Raptors when they had Vince Carter. Like that's a line you hear all the time right. from people. You know, like I used to go to the games when Vince Carter played and. And uh, started liking basketball when Vince Carter was here, right. and you know, all, you know, that's that's that was kind of uh, interesting, mm -hmm. being such an you know being an outsider kind of and coming in and and that was really what everybody associated the Raptors basketball in with. that era of basketball yep. though, with the excitement kind of coming back. It was you know his his first dunk contest was at in the post lockout year yep. and all that. What did you what did you look at in his game when you saw him as you know as a guy who was heading for coaching? Well. Um, you know, when when he was when he was at his peak, Jonesy could do everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He really could do everything. Yeah. You know, he was he was uh, obviously a supreme athlete, and he could score, and he could he could go and hang and move the ball a hundred different ways, and release it a hundred different ways, and yeah. score it. You know, and and then then he his shooting kept improving and improving, and and uh, you know, I think like for me, you know, I've I've only been in the league here now, going on six years, and and so most of that I've just like totally respected that the guys kept himself in incredible right. shape and and been able to have such a long career so it's, it's it's pretty pretty cool there was head coach Nick Nurse, short and sweet, as his Raptors improved to 8-2 and two on the road on this NBA season. That's the best road record in the NBA. A team with the best record in the NBA overall at 15-4. and, four, and, uh, 15 and four. Gareth Wheeler, Dwayne Watson, Josh Lundberg with you. He even admitted that he didn't really want to put Kyle Lowry back in the game. For me, you're still up 10 or 11 at the time that you put him back in. Does that just show a little bit of a lack of trust for Van, Le Van Vliet and DeLon Wright right now? That's what it screams to me more than, okay, we have to have Lowry on. Perhaps it's the other options that aren't playing well enough to give Lowry an extended break. Yeah, the, the bench group as a whole, not just those two guards, but the bench group as a whole. We saw it early in the game, right? It, it, we actually yeah. made a comment off air about how these are like the Bizarro Raptors compared to last year. Last year, they would get off the last few years, they would get off to those slow starts and then the bench would come in late in the first quarter, early in the second, and really give them that lift. They've been the opposite this year. They've gotten off to great starts, then the bench comes in, and all of a sudden that lead starts to disappear. Sure enough, that happened today 
again. So late in the first quarter, the Hawks go on the run. The bench starts the second quarter, and then Nurse came back with Lowry pretty quickly, and Lowry was out there with those four bench guys, and it's amazing what a difference one player makes when it's Kyle Lowry because, as we've seen in the past, those Lowry plus bench groups are really good, and they were really good today. So maybe that was the thinking there where it's like, all right, you don't have to change the unit altogether. Bring Kyle in. All of a sudden, he lifts this group up. But as I said, I just – I think it was a needless risk to take at that point in this particular game. Yeah, agreed. I think it's not an overt slight to the to the to the bench unit, but I think it says that he feels like they can't get the job done. And I think these guys have to. And granted, they've had a number of injuries in and out of the lineup in the second unit, whether it's CJ or OG or and whatnot, or Fred Delon at various points. But they have to find a way to get together. And I think in a game like this, the, the meeting with team in Atlanta when they're up. Let them try and figure it out. Let them try and figure it out more until it gets to a really close depth to where, hey, we've got to put Kyle. Right. Um, maybe we're splitting hairs a little bit, or maybe we're just projecting forward. Because remember, um, I don't think it's nitpicking, but it's a good problem to have when you're 15-4 and four and have the best record in the league, right? Like, if this wasn't translating into Raptors victories, that would be problematic. Tonight, we just saw the Boston Celtics lose at home to the New York Knicks. The Celtics, who are deemed... The 1B to the Raptors 1A in the Eastern Conference are 9-9 and now. 9-9 and through almost a quarter of the season. A 500 record. So the Raptors already have five less, five fewer losses than the Celtics. That matters. So, yeah, of course you want to see players like Van Vliet and Wright play better. And C.J. Miles when he comes back. But still, the team is compensating in other areas and still coming away with victories. The start that Boston is having is actually one of the reasons why the Raptors' start is so impressive. The Raptors have had a really easy schedule. So you can look at the schedule and say, okay, well, maybe their 15-4 and four start isn't that. Maybe you, maybe Still you, more games may, away from home than the, on the road may, than at home thus far, it's been a very It's been an easy schedule. So you, you look at it and you say maybe you, you can take it with a grain of salt a little bit. But the Boston Celtics are a good example of what happens when you throw guys that aren't used to playing with each other together early in the season. And I said this about the Raptors during the summer, is that they're going to be a good team, but it might take some time. We see it every year. We saw it with the Miami Heat when LeBron went there. We saw it with the Cavs uh, when LeBron went back there. Even great and talented teams, it takes time to figure it out. Now, Boston didn't make big additions uh, this summer, but they got Gordon Hayward back. They brought back Kyrie Irving after he missed a bunch of time. This is a new group, and they're very much figuring it out in Boston. So even with an easier schedule, the fact that the Raptors with this new group, new superstar in Kawhi Leonard, new starter in Danny Green, new coach in Nick Nurse, the fact that they've been able to get off to a hot start regardless of competition, and then especially when you consider some of the roadblocks like the injuries and the fact that the bench hasn't been great, I think, I, I mean, I look at this overall and say this has been pretty impressive. You know, you mentioned, like, are we splitting hairs and whatnot, but I think 32 games last night, 32 games tonight, back-to-back for Kyle Lowry, he can play this. It's not an issue, but you want to manage his minutes as he gets older. You want to let these guys play, so that's the concern I have, and the bench has to be able to be strong against better teams. 
That's the key. Raptors have been really good on the tail end of back-to-backs as well. We'll dive deep into why and how they've been so successful. You're going to hear from Kyle Lowry in conversation with the coach, Jack Armstrong. And Paul Jones and Sherman Hamilton caught up with the other player of the game candidate and Jonas Valanciunas after this as well. And we'll kind of speak to what the 25,000 points for Vince Carter, the fact that he was force-fed tonight to do it against his first-ever NBA team, We'll get into that, what all that means as well. Gareth Wheeler, Dwayne Watson, Josh Lewenberg with you. Raptors beat the Hawks, and you're listening to Tangerine Raptors Basketball here across the TSN radio network. We said earlier, 11th triple-double as a Raptor. What a pass to Valanciunas in the lane, who softly lays it home. Man alive, Lowry with a great find. Kyle Lowry had it going tonight. 17 assists, one off a career high in the Raptors' 124-108 victory over the Atlanta Hawks. Gareth Wheeler, Dwayne Watson, Josh Lewenberg with you. Let's hear from Kyle Lowry after this was all said and done in conversation on the floor with the coach, Jack Armstrong. First of all, Kyle, I want to ask you about Vince Carter. I mean, obviously you're a huge fan of the game. And you grew up in Philadelphia. You remember that great series in 2001, him and Allen Iverson. Just reflect on playing against Vince Carter and following Vince Carter as a young player and now playing for the organization that he put on the map. First of all, congratulations, Vince. I think all the fans up there in Toronto, Canada, I think y'all should all. That's an amazing man right there, 25,000. It's kind of crazy that you get it against the team you started with, right, with the dunk. And, uh, you know, that's just how the basketball guys work. That's just how the game works. But, um, you know, me watching him as a young kid, he started the high-flying thing. He started the athleticism, shooting the ball from three, uh, from a far way. I mean, this is just half man, half amazing. And uh, I tip my hat to him. And, uh, you know, he's a good friend of mine now. And, uh, wow, it's awesome, man. It's awesome. Your team tonight, Norman Powell, C.J. Miles, O.G. Ananobi, Kawhi Leonard. You're missing four guys. When you talk about a professional effort, team-wise, that was it tonight. I think just everybody coming in, playing the game, stepping up. You know, we made shots tonight. We, we looked good. We played with a good pace. We really, we really, really stuck with the game plan, staying below, uh, making young get in the paint and try to score over top of the bigs. But uh, tonight was a good effort for us. Coming off a tough back-to-back, uh, a game like this was good for us. Triple-double for you. And the assists, though, you got people going early. You were carving them up in the lane. Talk about your mindset tonight as a playmaker. Being aggressive. You know, uh, you know when Kawhi's not playing, I got to be a little bit more aggressive. And even when he is, I got to try to be more aggressive. But um, the pace was good. Uh, guys made shots tonight. When you make shots, you know, the assists are there. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's easy, as simple as that. But uh, it was a fun game for us, a good win for us. Now get home, and uh, I'm going to enjoy an American Thanksgiving dinner tomorrow night. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. There you go. Kyle Lowry post-game. Gareth Wheeler, Dwayne Watson, Josh Lewenberg with you. Anything stand out to either one of you there? Josh, Dwayne? Jack's my guy. Jack's my guy, but Kyle just had a triple-double, 17 assists. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I feel ways about the Vince Carter thing, but like to me, it's like, I had a triple-double, 17 assists. Like, let's not talk about Maybe this. we're on an island here. Maybe like, we are, I just, I, I, like, from, I, from, from the looks of my Twitter timeline, it does seem like we're on an island here. I'm closing down my mentions for the night. I'm not looking at those anymore. Yeah, I mean, pe- people... For me, it's not even a matter of whether you like Vince or whether you don't like Vince. I just don't think... To me, yeah. it's it's no different than a player chasing any other personal milestone against your team in a blowout 
game situation, calling a timeout with a few seconds left and a blowout game to design a play and then force feeding, chucking threes. Like to me, it was gross. He was gonna honestly. he was gonna hit twenty five k. Eventually, it was going to happen tonight or the next game or the game after. It would have happened organically. It would have been celebrated regardless of who it came against. I don't think doing it against the Raptors is that big of a deal to the point where they had to go through that in order to to do it. Um, would, he do, would he have done that against a team where he actually had some team success with in, in, in the Nets? He, like, it's just, I, I... The operative word Josh used was chasing. He was subbed out of the game. Remember, he subbed, they subbed him out of the game. He was out of the game. The game was kind of And we hand. were looking forward to not having to talk, to talk exactly. about him after the game. And they brought him back in, did the timeout, you know, three after three, and then he got the rebound. And the guy who didn't want to dunk anymore gets it on a dunk. So how, how fitting is it, as I use my air I know. And, and this is what rubs, drives some people crazy. Like, look, there'll be a whole bunch of younger people that will be on your timeline, Josh, that were probably too young to remember the way that he left and how much that set back this organization. That's part of his history as well. But I just feel like this is what drives the old school sports fan crazy is someone fishing for a record like that in a meaningless yeah. moment. Like, earn it. Go out there and earn it in a meaningful moment of a game. And for me, that means a whole lot more than taking every shot, bad shot, good shot, and everything in between, just trying to get it so you you, you get that mark against your former team. I just... No. It's a little bit. I feel. I feel like I need to take a shower. Well, I think if he, if he is, did it in the first half, if, if he was having a night in a competitive ball game where they just weren't forced, then, then hats off to you. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Listen, I mean Vince Carter's impact on the Raptors organization. The city of Toronto and even the country of Canada and basketball in Canada, all of that is undeniable. Nobody is disputed. We are not disputing that. Um, But, again, it's it's about how he would have had 25K at some point. We would have been happy to say that he had gotten 25K. It would have been celebrated. It, It didn't need to happen this way. And... It didn't happen organically, and that's the thing. He shot, he shot five for fifteen today, by the way. Yeah, five for fifteen. Right. I'm surprised he only got up fifteen. Right. Exactly. So I mean, the way it was going. That's you know, a, yeah. Let's let's spin it back to the Raptors. We could come back to this. Um, you want to give Kyle Raptor, uh, Kyle Raptor, Kyle Lowry, your two for one pizza player of the game? Absolutely. Is that where we're going? Because Jonas Valanciunas is in the conversation as well. Jonas was very good on the night. I I don't want to leave Jonas hanging because. He put up some serious numbers against the Atlanta, uh, Atlanta Hawks tonight. It was kind of like the 1A and 1B, the two-headed monster. Those two players were on another level in this victory tonight. I guess the triple-double speaks a little bit more than the 9-for-12 that Valanchunas went 24 points and 13 rebounds in the start. That was real good as yeah, well. Definitely. But, but we're all going to go with Kyle Lowry? Yeah, but JV, I mean, like, this whole... Platooning situation has still been so formidable for these guys, and the, the, the bigs are doing great work. But Kyle, Kyle, Kyle shine today for me. Yep, you too. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you look at these nights where Valanciunas starts and, and the two of them go off together and, and work so well, play so well together, and it would be easy to say, well, start Valanciunas full-time because of how well those two play together. But as you mentioned at, at halftime, Dwayne, 
Ibaka and Lowry have been great together yeah. this year, too. Lowry has helped make Ibaka better, and Ibaka has helped make the Raptors better this season. And JV has had success off the bench as well. So this is a good situation, a good problem for Nick Nurse to have, where whichever guy you, you choose to start has that chemistry with your all-star starting point guard and ultimately helps your team win. You look at a right. night like tonight, you have, in the end, a bunch of big performers for the Raptors at halftime. We were talking about how it was the Valanchunas and Lowry show. Siakam ended up with 22 points. Van Vliet actually bounced back in a nice way in the second half. Serge Ibaka with 19 off the bench. But on a night like that where the Raptors score 124 points, all these guys contribute, nobody took more than 13 shots. Valanciunas and Lowry, both with over 21 points, Neither, both of them took 12 shots. So balance, efficiency, that's a winning formula for the yeah, Raptors. Yeah, no kidding. The, the starting five in particular were all very good for the Raptors tonight. Danny Green struggled from the floor, but still brings consistent play and quality in other ways. The, so uh, Kyle Lowry is your player of the game, and that's brought to you by Two for One. Get a large three-topping pizza with their deep, cheesy garlic loaf for just seventeen ninety nine, call two for one oh two four one. Jonas Valanciunas was in that conversation. He doesn't get the two for one pizza. He get to cut. He had the chance to catch up with Paul Jones and Sherman Hamilton after the game, and we'll bring that to you next. The Raptors beat the Hawks one twenty four one oh eight. This is Tangerine Raptors basketball, and you're listening across the TSN Radio Network. This is Tangerine Raptors basketball. Welcome back inside Raptors Control. Gareth Wheeler, Dwayne Watson, Josh Lewenberg with you. Raptors, perfect 3-0. Well, actually, they've won three games in a row. Uh, after the Friday night loss against the Boston Celtics, come back with a win over Chicago, then go back-to-back over the last two nights, beating Orlando and beating the Atlanta Hawks. Jonas Valanciunas was excellent on the night, getting the start, 24 points in 27 minutes, and he caught up with their very own Paul Jones and Sherman Hamilton after all was said and done in Atlanta. Jonas, terrific job by your team tonight. You guys didn't play the record. You did a nice job at the end of the road trip. Where did you guys find the energy on the last night like this? You know, uh, it's no doubt we got to find the energy. That's our job, man. We got to find the energy. We got to play together. We got to win the games, man. Especially like this, like we we cannot look for excuses. You know, back to back, tired, whatever, short rotation. But we got to do it. We cannot just look for excuses. Jonas, this game you played 27 minutes and have a big double double and an efficient night. In terms of what you're preparing for when you come into a game like this, what are some of the things that you try to focus on from the jump to get yourself going? I'm just trying to focus on the game, you know, trying to focus on the task I need to do on the game, uh, offensively, especially defensively, and, uh, you know, I'm letting the game to come to my way. JV, you and Kyle seem to be doing a really nice job looking. He looks for you. I saw you set him up one time, and you're pretty happy with your point guard skills there. Talk about how the two of you work together on the court. Yeah, we work together. You know, we work with everybody. You know, Kyle is such a great passer. You know, I can't even call him good passer. He's a great passer. So it's, it's it's just easy to play with this kind of point guard. You know, you just set a screen and roll, roll for the two points. JV, great job. Good win tonight. Thank Next you. up, Washington right. Friday, man. Good luck. I'll see you there. All right. Jonas Valanciunas. 
with a, another double-double in a short time frame, 26 minutes. And Sherman, as you said, 24 and 13, the big man playing well. Yeah, 9 of 12 from the floor. Jonas has been playing great basketball and been able to produce as soon as he hit the floor. And I tell you what, for Nick Nurse and that Raptor coaching staff to have him and Serge accept their roles starting coming off the bench and still produce the way that they have, that's definitely a bonus for them. So the Raptors win it. The final here, 124-108. Toronto over Atlanta. 15-4 and four are the Raptors as they head home to take on Washington Friday. Good stuff with Paul Jones and Sherman Hamilton tonight from Atlanta. Uh, it wasn't just Jonas Valanciunas, gentlemen, getting the job done in terms of the five position. Serge Ibaka was really good on the night as well. 19 points and nine rebounds coming off the bench. This, the, this five position for the Toronto Raptors has been such a strength and a consistent one at that all season long. 17 straight games that Serge Ibaka scored in double figures. Yeah, I mean, we've been saying it all, all season long now where it, it's, it's efficiency because if you're splitting that center position. If you're platooning there, you obviously only have 48 minutes to work with. There was some overlap today as there was yesterday as well, where we're starting to see them play a little bit together, uh, which I like, by the way. I I think it was the right decision to split them up and play them uh, separately for the most part, but I don't think you have to draw a hard line there. There's going to be moments, matchups where it makes sense to go big, and Nick Nurse is experimenting with that now, but if you're not going to be playing the big minutes that those guys are used to playing when they're in there together all the time. You've got to be efficient with your minutes. You've got to make the most of it, and that's what they're doing. They combine for, what, 43 points, 22 rebounds tonight, and each of them only missed three shots. That's well, I'll say, I'll say this. I'm not, I'm not sure that they play together if OG Ananobi's playing, if Kawhi Leonard's playing. Like, it's because it was no wing night that you're forced to kind of mix things up a little bit. I think you can still find those opportunities, and I think they should later in the season. Yeah, not not a ton, but there are moments, especially on the boards, and that's what, that's what we saw yesterday. Now, the Magic aren't, they're not world beaters, but they're a much better team, and they were playing big last night. The Raptors went small with the three-point guards, Danny Green at the four, and Valanchunas at the five, and there was that stretch there. I believe it was in the third quarter, maybe beginning of the fourth, where things were starting to slip away. Orlando went on on the run. Neither team were playing well. It was playing well offensively, but the Raptors were getting killed on the boards. All of a sudden, Nurse went to that Ibaka Valanchunas look, and all of a sudden, they started controlling the rebounding situation, and the the momentum turned towards the Raptors. So, I I think that's how you use it. You don't have them out there for long stretches and maybe not consistently, but you use it as a matchup thing when you need uh, rebounding or just uh, to match up with a bigger team. One thing we see with Nick Nurse is like his ability to kind of tinker and find the right lineups has been good. He's used different lineups throughout the season whether it's starting rotation or off the bench and he's always finding the right mix of guys in the right situations but you know we talk about the NBA and you know it's small ball and it's not about bigs anymore and this team is getting it done with two bigs you know contributing equally and sacrificing and making it work for the team. So as good as Valanciunas and Abaka being at the five position you still wanted to see a little bit more from the point guard position. Fred VanVleet was much better in the second half than he was in the first half. He finishes five of eleven with eleven, uh, five of eleven with eleven points. Delon Wright with just six off the bench. It, 
What do you think it's going to take to see these players kind of reach their potential or at least be at the level that they were over the past couple of years where they made up the bench mob, really the heart of the bench mob, which provided the Raptors with arguably the best bench unit in the NBA? Well, yeah. we- Sorry, go ahead. Uh, Consistency is the key for these guys. I mean, we've seen Fred kind of have up and down moments, whatnot. I mean, I think you look at the bench model, we have to remember you had Pascal and Jakob in there too. But this backcourt was like the glue. We see these guys closing games or, or, you know, getting major minutes and. You know, we're not seeing it from DeLon or Fred in a way that we're accustomed to. And I don't think the expectation of what they did last year was extreme. But especially when I talk about, we talk about getting rest for Kyle, these guys should be able to come on and spell them. And we saw this team last year when the second unit came on, they were like maintaining or increasing leads when they were there. The big question, of course, is how healthy are, are either of those yep. players? Van Vliet, it sounds like, has been dealing with a number of smaller, nagging sort of ailments. The one we know about is the toe injury that kept him out of four games earlier this season, and he did indicate at the time that it was something he had been dealing with and probably will be dealing with for an indefinite period of time. Nick Nurse has acknowledged as well that he's not 100% playing through something. And DeLon, I mean, he missed a bunch of time at the beginning of the season. So he's sort of had to work his way back as well, work himself into game shape. And it's tough, especially with point guards that rely on quickness and and being in rhythm offensively when there's something that's a little bit off physically or when you're not in in game shape the way that you're used to when you're going full bore and playing at 100%. Sure. it affects you. So we don't know how healthy they are. We don't know how close they are to 100%. And we ultimately don't know how much of that is responsible for their recent slumps. But it, there's no question the Raptors need those two to get back to where they were last season. Such a crucial part of that second unit. And, and more than that, because they're not just backup point guards. They're like hybrid starters yeah. almost, especially Fred, who closes games, and you can see Nurse almost pressing that situation recently. Will, he wants to have Fred out there in big moments, right. even though Fred's not playing great. I think some of it is kind of to get him going, and some of it is just force of habit. You just associate Fred, okay, big moment, you want Fred out there, but if he's not playing well, that hurts just, you. Just a quick comment on that. like With Fred, it's, he's just such a killer at times. Like He has no fear, but he seems a little bit hesitant. Yeah. Running the show and with DeLon, right? I don't know if it's just the accumulation of injuries. You got that shoulder thing in the preseason, but it seems like he's shying away from contact. I don't know if that's a proper read on both players. That's just seeing them over the course of what 19 games now. That would be my assessment of both both their play. Like they just don't seem as fearless as they've been in the past. I think that's fair. I mean, with DeLon, I feel that you know he he doesn't really. His first touch is always, if it's an open shot, he's going to pass it up and make a penetration move and let the pass. Um, he's kind of shying away from contact, but I would like to see him shoot the ball a bit more. And I think with Fred, yeah, I think Fearless is a good example because there's times when this team needs a basket and Fred is going to give it to you, whether it's going to the cup or finding that three ball. And not that he's not trying to make that move, but you're just he's missing that edge. There's something off. Okay. Uh, well, we're going to hear from Fred Van Vliet, some of his post-game comments. That's coming up next. And we'll shine the light, the continued light that continues to shine naturally on Pascal Siakam. Another plus 20-point night for an emerging, dare I say it, star in this league. Pascal Siakam with another big night. Our thoughts on that as well. 124-108 is the final. And you're listening to Tangerine Raptors basketball across the TSN radio network. 
Hawks inbounding. Some of the crowd remaining standing. Phones out. Let's go, Vince. They're chanting. Carter, short corner jumper, no good. Rebound knocked away. They find Carter in the lane. He gets it on a jam. Vince Carter fittingly gets 25,001 points for his career. And it happens on a dunk. Isn't that fitting? That is the ideal way for Vince Carter to break that barrier with a dunk. And the Raptor bench empties to come out and congratulate Vince. The final 124-108. The Raptors defeat the Atlanta Hawks. And in all of it, Vince Carter breaks the 25,000 point barrier with a dunk. There you go, Paul Jones, Sherman Hamilton. On the call, there was the moment right there. 26th player in ABA, NBA history to reach the 25,000 point plateau. Gareth Wheeler, Dwayne Watson, Josh Lewenberg with you, and Fred Van Vliet speaking post-game about 2,500 points for Vince Carter. Did you guys come into the game knowing that he was that close to 25,000? No, we didn't. I didn't know until about two minutes there left. Uh, I couldn't figure out what the crowd was cheering for. So uh, we figured it out a little bit uh, towards the end. And at that point, I think we were just, you know, it's fun to try to not let him get it. You know, you don't want to give it to him. You want to make him still earn it. But uh, I thought that it was cool that, that he was able to get that record against us. So you mentioned when you guys were, when you guys realized it was happening, you're like, okay, let's guard him tight to make sure. Yeah, I was on the double team, triple team, all that. You don't want, to, you don't want guys to get records off on you but uh you know it was it was a thin line you you want him to get it you know as a fan but you know you're still a competitor so it was cool that he had to go out there and earn it and got it at the last second and um it's you know it's awesome awesome guy um, through this season, what do you think has been the biggest adjustment in your game? What, um, what's kind of worked well for you this season? Uh, it's just, it's a different offense. Um, you know, trying to figure it out. It's going to take some time. Um, obviously, last year I think we had five-man platoon units, and our rhythm and, and stuff was a lot better. So this year is a little different. Just trying to find the groove and find where your shots are coming from. And uh, like I said earlier, right now I'm just trying to be the guy who's passing a little bit too much and and trying to figure out where our, our shots are going to come from and and. You you know, those things will work themselves out as the season goes on. Interesting final comment right there by Fred Van Vliet post-game. And, and he's right. The way that Dwayne Casey had those two five-man units essentially playing with one another throughout. I mean, there was a rhythm. There was an understanding. There was a consistency. Now that the units are being mixed about, I mean, that guards not only against injury, but forces players to develop chemistry with one another. And it sounds like Van Vliet acknowledges that he's playing in a different way because of it. Well, that's the biggest thing I looked at all season with this team. Like, we knew they had the talent that looked great, but... Chemistry is the key, especially with the interchangeability of all the players, positionless basketball, guys moving in, you know, from different rotations and injuries. And the chemistry of these guys playing with one another again, that rhythm is the key, and this looks like that may be a concern for Fred. Yeah, very different type of rotation than Dwayne Casey had last year. And it's not just a Nick Nurse wanting to tweak the lineups and experiment. I think that has a lot to do with it. But you mentioned the injuries, Dwayne, and that's been a huge factor. Tonight, the Raptors used their eighth different starting lineup in 19 games this season. They didn't use their eighth different starting lineup until game number 39 last year. Now, the Raptors 
had the good fortune of being healthy for the most part last year. A few injuries here and there, but they were one of the healthier teams in the NBA. They haven't had anything catastrophic this year, knock on wood. They've been relatively fortunate in terms of like the severity of these injuries, but it seems like it's one thing after the next where one guy is getting close to coming back or actually comes back and another guy goes out with a nagging thing. So I think it's been an adjustment not just for Fred, but for a lot of guys not necessarily knowing who you're going to play with or where you're going to play, when you're going to come in, when you're going to come out. And professional athletes, like a lot of people, are creatures of habit, of routine. So it, it throws you off a little bit. I think that's probably had something to do with Van Vliet's slump and just figuring out where his role is and, and how and, and how he needs to play, where he needs to play in order for them to be at their best and him to be at his best. Some players adapt quicker um, or differently than others. One player that's had no problem adjusting to a different role is Pascal Siakam. He's averaging north of 14 points per, almost seven rebounds per game on the season tonight. 22 points again. And seeing players like Vince Carter try to keep up with him, like it was a complete mismatch. Just his athleticism, his playmaking ability, hit a three-point shot tonight. He continues to emerge, and you use that word, Dwayne, consistency. He's bringing it on a nightly basis. Yeah, and it's it's fantastic to see how he's playing and how his game has evolved because this is a guy that we kind of thought was really... You know, he's kind of forced into being a starter his rookie season, but did really well off the bench. And I kind of wonder, like, I'm impressed that Macy does it all the time, but have they been doing scouting reports on this guy? Because it's kind of predictable in terms of what he does. But the, the fact that he doesn't shoot a lot of three-point shots, he's not a jump shooter, a lot of his game is to the basket, he still continues to find ways to get to it and score. You know the spin is coming. You know it's coming when he gets into the lane, but good luck stopping it. And, That's it. I mean, Aaron Gordon yesterday with the Magic, he, he's one of those guys that you would think has the size and strength and speed to be able to keep up with the Siakam. And even he couldn't stop the spin. I mean, Pascal, as you mentioned, consistency has been huge for him. And considering he's still such a young player, that's pretty impressive. He has been, can you, how, how many Raptors have been more consistent than yeah. he has this year? He might be the most consistent performer. Ibaka, maybe? Maybe Ibaka. I mean, Lowry ha- has been really good this year, but he's had really high highs when he's been good. He's been MVP level good. And then he's had some pretty rough moments recently, whereas Kawhi has missed some time and, and he hasn't been as, as great as he started the season recently too. Uh, Danny Green's been really good, but I think in terms of quality and quantity and factoring in all of the different things that he's bringing to the table, to do it on a nightly basis, Pascal Siakam has been as consistent as any Raptor has this year. And you mentioned the Vince Carter matchup. It's funny, whenever Vince Carter matches up with anyone around the NBA, you always see those stats or those tweets that, like, this this guy wasn't born right, right, when right. Vince Carter... So my, my thing today was when they were matching up, uh, Vince Carter was in his 13th NBA season when Pascal Siakam started playing basketball eight years ago. Uh, We just got a couple minutes left. Uh, Some notable scores from the NBA tonight. The Boston Celtics lose again. They're 9-9 at home. They're being booed by their own fans. A 117-109 loss to the New York Knicks. 
Uh, that is very much a work in progress. Does Brad Stevens start feeling the heat? No. I, I mean, mean, people love them some Brad Stevens. I, I, of course, but this is a team look we know is going to be one of the top teams in the Asia Conference when it's said and done. It's an early season, I think. You know, if the Raptors were 9-9, I think people would be complaining, but no one would be, like, hitting the panic button. I think they have enough talent to figure it out. As crazy as it sounds, he might be the safest person there. Like, I think they would trade anyone on that team before they would fire Brad Stevens. Interesting. He's locked in over there. Well, right? Dan- Danny Ainge has all kinds of cred. He's done a great yes. job. So Ainge won, Stevens too. Yes. The rest <laughs> after that. The Philadelphia 76ers improved as 13-7. and They beat the Pelicans 121-120. Anthony Davis missed a free throw to tie it up with one second to go. And the Indiana Pacers, notably, they lose again. Uh, they lose 127-109 to the Charlotte Hornets. And finally, when it comes to the Raptors in the East, the Milwaukee Bucks look out a 43-point home victory over the Portland Trailblazers tonight who are leading the West. Two of the hottest teams in the NBA. And they're 13-4, and four, so maybe it's the Bucks who are the 1B to the Raptors 1A. Giannis yeah. had 33-16-9 assists. Incredible. No triple-double. We'll keep that with our very own Kyle Lowry. And LeBron on his return to Cleveland. The Lakers hold on to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. They were trailing most of the night. 109-105 was the final. And the Thunder and Warriors LeBron battling. LeBron 32-14-7 by the way. And the Thunder and Warriors battling it out now, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant. So this has been a really fun night in the NBA. No uh, I'm not sure that Raptors and Hawks will be at the top of uh, the highlight pack for well, NBA shows Wildstone tonight. But, of course. Yes. but there was, yeah, I mean, the most exciting thing about the game was probably whether or not Vince Carter would score his last bucket. And sure enough, he Looking did. forward to Friday night, back at home, the Raptors for a weekend homestand take on the dysfunctional Wizards on Friday night. A 7.30 tip down at the Scotiabank Arena. Thanks to Dwayne Watson, Josh Lewenberg, on behalf of Victoria, Tyler, uh, Keith, Paul Jones, Sherman Hamilton, and let's not forget about the great John Kramer, the key to the broadcast tonight. On behalf of everyone here at TSN 1050, I am Gareth Wheeler. Raptors win. Enjoy the rest of your night, Toronto.